Hi, and welcome to another episode from the You're My Comms Hero podcast, and I'm your host, Asit Chowdhury. Today, my guest is Angharad Planels, love that surname, who's the Head of Business Development and Culture at Radioactive. So thanks for joining me, Angharad, and it's great to welcome you as a guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So before we get into the subject matter, which is lessons in leadership, get out the way. <laughs> let's find out a little bit more about you, Angharad. So I've got a few questions for you. So I'm going to, are you a Wordle fanatic? I am, yes. Do you, and what's your, uh, have you, have you, what's your quickest correct guess? Um, I've done it in two before. Um, yeah, I always start with the same word. Yeah, go on, what is it for our listeners? <laughs> give, them a, give them a secret. Yeah, well, oh, I don't know if it's a good secret. Some days I get down to the few level and I go, all right, thanks, thanks for judging me, Wordle. Um, I start with Louis because you get the Ooh, majority like of the vowels in there. Very good. Um, Very good. I yeah. start with a random one. Do you tweet your results? I don't know. I'm one of those secret people because <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, well, you go quiet on the days when you've done terribly. And you're like, oh. There you go. You see, that's it. I've asked that question at myself. I, I did it on Twitter. I asked, uh, I do do Wordle, but I don't tweet the results. But uh, oh. I have asked, does uh, do the people who tweet the results still tweet them when they didn't get it? I haven't seen anyone tweet when they haven't got it. Uh, apart from <laughs> one person, a, maybe. I've seen a few. I think everybody... Yeah before it switched over to the New York Times and there was a couple of the American spellings. And I yes. do you mean American spelling? How could you? <laughs> I remember humour was in there, definitely. Yeah. And, and, uh, so are you um, are you an early riser or do you love a lion? I am an early riser. I have a three-year-old um, and a puppy, so I don't have a choice. <laughs> but I, even before them, I'm, if I'm awake, I'm, I'm awake. I'm just, I just get up. Yeah, and... Uh, what about, um, are you a TV box set binger or do you like to curl up with a good book? Oh, it's, uh, yeah. It's a tough one, that, isn't it? It is a tough one because sometimes if I you, feel If like... you had to choose, if you had to choose. <laughs> um, it's probably easier for me to box set binge right now of the two. It's never quiet yeah. enough to have a book. <laughs> Anything on the box set binge list? Anything you'd recommend to our listeners to either um, watch or avoid? Oh, I love, so I'm, I watch a lot of comedy, sitcoms and things. Yeah. Uh, and I, if I'm feeling particularly rubbish, I'll stick on an episode of Community. I don't know if you've seen that. It is. I've not seen that, no. Yeah, it's um, it's great. It's really great. Um, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino is in it, um, yeah. uh, you know, from his early uh, comedy days. So, yeah, it's re- really good. Really recommend that. So there we go. Community for all our listeners. Get into Get into some of that. And then a final one. Um, if you were curling up with a good book, would it be an ebook or a printed one? Oh, printed one. I what is it about it. the printed book? What is it? Is it smells? It the... is the smell. Yeah, I'd be one of those weirdos in the library. <laughs> it's not weird. It's a. I I tweet about the smell of print all the time. Um, uh, here at Resource, we're, we're fortunate. We've got a print factory, and that smell. Although having been in the business for twenty odd years, I can't smell it anymore. But when people come for the first time, they love that smell. But the smell of a good book is nothing like I have it. To, um, I have to admit, though, since since becoming a parent, I have had to switch to audio books, which I used I do to audio. eating. I was like, no, that's not reading. And it, it's not. But it's just, yeah, I, I get through way more stories. I love the stories. Yeah. I need to get through the stories in my commute to work. So that's my that's my reading time, I guess, now. And, and listeners thinking, commute to work, what's one of those? <laughs> um, no, I have fun. the same. 
Audible, <laughs> I do the same. I've got a 15 minute drive and uh, I get through quite a bit of stuff through Audible and that's um, my time. So uh, I kind of have to substitute it between, there's lots of podcasts I was listening to before I got into Audible, but I've kind of put them to the back burner. So um, uh, uh, Audible is definitely a, a good way and I'll try and read a proper book as well uh, every day if I can. And yeah. uh, so that's good. I'm glad you like that. So we're going to get into, um, so the podcast episode today, uh, you're going to kind of share and talk about the most valuable leadership lessons that you've learned and some the hard way over yeah. the past 18 months and why taking the time to work on yourself has made you a better leader and why the best thing every leader can do is get out of the way. So I'm excited to get into some of these questions. So let's kick off with the first one then. And did you always see yourself, Angharad, as a natural leader? No. <laughs> in fact, it's probably hell now. <laughs> um, not, at least not in the traditional sense when you think leader so um some people that know me now wouldn't believe this but in in school I was I was quite shy you know kept my head down did did all right academically but very much like you know if someone had a great idea I'd want to be part of it but I wouldn't yeah I would be too nervous to put myself forward and say even if, if I had an idea I, I'd maybe partner with someone I wouldn't just go for it and I think you know that's still partly the case now I've always known about myself I've never wanted to run my own business for example like that's just not yeah. something that's ever interested me yeah um so so no I yeah I, I guess yeah not in the traditional sense yeah well I'll ask you then on as a that's probably the traditional sense of a leader extroverted and yeah center of attention all that yeah. is, do you think that is is that the stereotypical view of what a leader is in your opinion I would have said so and, and not only that I I've, I'm old I'm older now and as I think as a parent you're thrust into having to make decisions really quickly um yeah. but, that, but I have a history of indecisiveness <laughs> or hmm. a bit of a lack of confidence and and I think right. a leader is somebody in, in my head who you know they might not always make the right decisions and they you know you certainly can't please everybody with your decisions as you know when you're in a position of leadership but you have that courage of conviction and you follow it through and yeah. I just that that for me was something up until maybe a few years ago that I really struggled with because it's it's knowing that you know you're making a choice that impacts a lot of people um yeah. you know even if it impacts one person and you're a small agency or whatever you're doing I think it's it's knowing it's knowing that you're making the right decision and because there's not always a right decision you know I, yeah. I wish the world was more black and white and it was like oh just do it this way and everything will be fine that that kind of it's that having that courage to make a decision and it might be the wrong one and it might backfire so I've always struggled with that so I think that's another element for me personally but certainly yeah. the extrovert thing and but I think having worked in comms for a long time I've um you know as as, you, as, I, as I've gotten older you get more comfortable and a bit more confident with who you are and what you're about and yeah I think that that can you can, I can turn it on and off now. No that's good and, and what things would you say then you've talked about being introverted not necessarily a natural leader so what things would you say have held you back from leading effectively kind of now and also in in your past career? Yeah so I always so I've seen badly I've been under bad leaders and I've always assumed that being a bad leader was you know it, it, it was the negative 
things that they brought to the table. So not quite, you know, office bullying, but, you know, if there's a leader that belittles your efforts or doesn't praise quickly or, you know, all those kinds of things that can really have an impact on someone's mental health and someone's feeling of worth at work. I think I've seen those leaders and I always knew, well, that's definitely not, it's not my personal style, let alone, you know, I wouldn't ever want to be that person. Um, But what I hadn't anticipated um, is that I I, I would go too far the other way. So I, (laughs) I've I've sort of a, a natural, I've got a sort of natural maternal element to me um you know I've always been called the mum of the office before I even had a child so you know yeah. I, I look after my team uh, you know at Radioactive um in particular we're all about you know we always sort of say shit rolls uphill so yeah. it's never a there's never a junior member of the team that is solely responsible for anything negative that's happened you know that's gone through senior people and at some point the buck stops with me with Anders with Rich you know it, it goes up that high but what I found um coming back to your question about holding me back is in in a, in a bid to protect my team from bad things you know and not wanting yeah. them to, to sort of feel the brunt of mistakes too harshly because it's never a sole mistake on their part I've maybe shielded them a bit too much and so what right. that's done and what I found particularly during the pandemic because we were all going through such a, a tumultuous time it's just you know horrific and awful things happening and a lot of uncertainty what I found was by trying to shield them from that I ended up not actually leading and I was firefighting so I was never really able to get ahead of things I was constantly just you know trying to make sure that everyone else was okay and not having the ability to move us forward so so that I would say has held me back from a leadership point of view you know best intentions wanting to make sure you know, everyone's got what they need, the team's happy and, and all that sort of thing. But it had never occurred to me that by doing that, not only was I holding myself back, but potentially I was holding back the team from developing. You know, how do you how do you become a great comms practitioner? Well, it's it's getting in the mix of it, isn't it? It's, it's having those yeah. experiences, making those mistakes and, and, you know, potentially, I mean, no one ever complained about it, but potentially we yeah. got into a position where it was, Okay, well, like Harrod will fix it, and Harrod will help, and I would quite happily. But I've got to get um, the stuff yeah. away. And how how do you think you've addressed those kind of maternal instincts and some of those <laughs> other uh, other things you've mentioned? Um, I so so Rich has been great with this. We've had lots of discussions during the during the pandemic um, when we were all in lockdowns I actually had held a different role at the agency which was head of client success so on the more on the client services side um and my husband said to me at the time when I got the role I was really excited about it and he and he sort of pulled a face and I was like well what's that about he was like I don't think you'll like that role and I was like what do you mean like I love making people happy he was like you'll never make them happy enough we all know clients right there <laughs> there's you know you're spinning a plate over on the one side and that client's super happy but the one over on the other side is is dropping yeah. a bit and it's you can't be all things to all people and I and he was right I really struggled in that role and so Rich and I sat down and I was like I'm absolutely <laughs> losing my mind here um and it's just not a right fit for me so we've moved into the role that I am now and it is it's such a better fit because I look after the team a bit more um so what I did to get into that point and not see that that kind of as a failure I guess um moving into a different role was 
you know I've been on I've done a lot of work on on my self-confidence um what I want to get out of my career again really kind of reframing and I think a lot of people have done that during the lockdowns you know taken stock I guess yeah um, looked at what makes them really happy and that's why we're seeing you know a lot of places across industries are seeing people quit to retrain um into in things they're really passionate about or just move to a different a different company because the one that they're in doesn't value them as as an individual let alone as a as a worker so so I think a lot of people have gone through that transformation but what really really helped me is is having the confidence to it to know that it's not all on me like there's a team for it and and being able to step back and and not be such a control freak <laughs> because I am. It is quite uh, no, it is it is it is quite hard though for it for is. a lot of leaders to to do that, and that's what you kind of in the title get out of the way. Mm. Uh, I've seen lots of people on social talking about that, you know, and uh, bring on the best people, the A style talent, and let yeah. them get on with it and get out of the way. Um, yeah. But as you progress through your career, I suppose that you've gained that experience and. Uh, you want to impart some of that experience and that knowledge and some things that might be obvious to you, but then uh, they weren't obvious to to you no. when you first experienced it. But it is quite hard because you naturally want to be helpful and you want to help people to yeah. get to uh, the end point quicker, but they've got to go on that journey as well. So I do understand what you're what you're saying in that. Then so you we've we've talked about um, what natural leaders and uh, could be like and some of the things that have held you back and and some you know some of the tactics that you've used to actually address those so what you know names that we might know you know who are the leaders great leaders that you look up to then and and share that with our listeners I've got a huge list I don't even know if we've got time (laughs) because every time I was sitting down thinking about this that I was like oh don't forget this person this person um it when it when I looked at my list of names it really boiled down to people that are doers you know creators of things like I'm I'm always in awe of people that have an idea and just have a go because for me that you know I am very much one of those people that if I'm not going to be good at it or it's not going to go as well as I need want it to then I'm a bit scared to start it like that's my natural that that's what what holds me back a little bit. So I'm always in awe of people like yourself. You've you've built this this podcast, this community. Um, that's that's inspiring. That's great. You know, we've got very people kind. Involved. Thank you. <laughs> I've got I've got to say it. We're on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's true. And you know, I look at people in our industry and in India more broadly. But you know, you've got Evita Patel and Priya Bates yeah. with the Leader Like Me community, and now that the new podcast they've launched. I mean, it wouldn't be a comedy or a podcast if we didn't mention Sarah and Stephen Waddington, because over the years I've been, you know, I've been part of countless communities and groups of people they've brought together and and their tireless commitment to our industry is is commendable. And then people like um, Areej from Women in Tech SEO, that that community and that conference that she's pulled together is really inspiring. Um, Elementy, Empower and Influence. Um, Jamie Klingler. for the, the work she's done with Reclaim These Streets in the last year. Just, yeah. you know, just taking something that she had no previous knowledge or experience in, in, in the way that you would assume you might need to have, and just ran with it because it was important and she was passionate about it. And, you know, outside of our industry, it's people like um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 
Michelle Obama, um, RuPaul, even, you know, like pioneers, pioneers in, in, in industries and spaces that they're in who said, no, I just want to do this and I'm going to have a go. And look what they've built. And, and so that's absolutely. No, it's very, very, very true there. So what do you think then makes a great leader these days now? Um, I think it's compassion. I think people forget that being a leader is a privilege. Um, and it's not it's not a right. And I particularly in our industry, and you know, we when we talk about um uh, what, what Sarah and Stephen are doing with socially mobile in particular, there's that real gap when you you're in a comms role and you're client facing your entire career, um, which is an element of leadership for sure, especially when you get to account director level. But when you jump from if you want to get above that into sort of like a business management agency leadership and that sort of thing it's a very different skill set but I think the most important thing for me is that you lead with compassion and you know I'd be it'd be remiss of me to not mention Rich Lee as, yeah. as a leader that I look up to because he I was his first senior hire at the agency five and a half years ago um, and he said to me oh you know I don't I, you know I've got visions for this thing I've got plans and, you know, I, I bought into that because I've, I've known Rich for 13, 14 years now. Um, but it's it's that it's that kind of finding somebody that you really gel with and recognising that work and life have to happen together. Um, and that people are individuals that should be able to bring their whole selves to work. That's the kind of leadership that you want. It's it's a tough one. Because, like I said earlier, you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. So you are, you know, you have to decide what kind of boundaries you have as a leader, boundaries you have as a business, what what the expectations are. And some people will fit into that and some people won't. And that's okay. And you have to be comfortable with that uh, as long as you're leading with, like like I said, compassion, understanding and a shared a shared vision and a shared goal. And I think one of the big things for me, and we always say this at, at the agency at Radioactive, is praise often and quickly, but also give negative feedback quickly because otherwise it festers. So we kind of try and get anything positive or negative into the into the you know into some the person's ear within 24 hours because then it's nipped in the bird. It's not let to fester. Or if someone's done a really great job they feel it immediately and they know that they've been recognized and they've been seen and that's really important yeah no i I definitely agree with that i think people just letting people know where they stand the quicker you tell them they can capitalize on a a, you know a a good piece of work and recognize that as a strength or if it's a bit something that's constructive then just learn from it and uh, because i think as a leader you if you let that fester yourself yeah. Uh, I think it's just a natural, it's a natural instinct and it's just something that um, as a leader you'll just face that you will just continually think about it. It's not something you can just partition away and, and lock away until it needs to come back out because no. kind of you're in that position so you kind of feel it, feel it a little differently. Yeah. So what, what do you think the um, biggest challenges are that leaders face today? Yeah, so we're, we're in a really big shift, aren't we? I think we, we've mentioned yeah. earlier it's there's there's a big shift in employee power, which has been really transformative for you know not even not just the PR and, and the comms industry, but so many, yeah. um, and and you know arguably not before time either, because 
whilst you've got business leaders like you know we we trialed a we were doing a four-day week before it was fashionable because it yeah. felt like the right thing for us as an agency and and you know we we, we did that we're four and a half days now but we did that for, for two years and yeah we, the needs of the business kind of change and we're, we're still in that period of flux but it's it's knowing that it's knowing that you're there are leaders out there that are doing things like that without being prompted by yeah. you know this power dynamic that shifted um but there there isn't enough of I, I see so many people that are like well I struggled so they should have to you know do you know what I mean like he's somebody in a position yeah. of leadership or power or whatever yeah. oh well you know in my day I got stuff thrown at me if I didn't get coverage right do you know what I mean really ridiculous like, <laughs> well, why would you want to inflict that on someone else didn't that feel awful at the time how did you go home and cry why would you want to make someone else feel like that I just I, I, you see too much of that going on still and and so I'm you know it's really exciting to see the fact that employees now feel empowered to yeah. ask for what they want but on the other side of that it's it's a challenge right now to to be that to give as much as you can as a, as a boss as a leader as you know whatever whatever position you're in but balance it with the commercial realities of, of running yeah. a business right you know our clients pay for our time um <laughs> We need yeah. to make sure they get it and they get the results. And sometimes that means saying no. Um, and, you know, employees asking for things that are maybe a little bit beyond the realms of the capitalist society that we find ourselves in. And no, I'd agree with that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but I think what yeah. I think I said earlier, what really helps with that is, again, is like pinning down your company culture so that anybody joining knows what you're about. Um, and anybody that's in it has bought into that culture and they're comfortable yeah. with it and they feel part of it. And yes, OK, maybe, you know, you might want to book a holiday or work remotely one day, but it just doesn't work for clients and for the business. And But you're OK with you're OK when you're told no, because you know that two weeks from now um, you've been given extra leave to go and do something else. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's it's the no, given. I know exactly that, yeah. Think, yeah, we're in that period of flux where everyone's trying to maybe take too much or, or get, there's just a bit of that dynamic so we're just finding out I think businesses are just finding their way um and yeah. settle down no definitely and this was lots of kind of uh, talk about leadership there so there's lots of stuff people can you know the listeners will take away and probably ask themselves because some of them will be those leaders or some will be some of those people who are aspiring leaders and I yeah. hope it's provoked a few um, thoughts and questions for the listeners that they'll think how would they handle that situation or indeed how do they, how do they handle that situation today if they are one of those leaders mm-hmm. so you mentioned com zero in amongst all of that so Angara tell us you you know com zero you're part of the community why is it important to you and would you recommend people working in marketing and comms to be part of that community yes absolutely I think it's you know we're all as much as we're a global society now it is we're all still looking for a place to belong right so it's nice when you find a group of like-minded people who are all striving towards the same goal and but having some fun with it and I think that for me is you know comms here has got some great swag um, but, yeah. but there's some great tips in there as well and you know if there's ever I, I kind of feel like if there was ever a, a question I had I'd think oh do you know what I've seen somebody from comms here sort of tweet about that or share that or maybe they'd have an insight and I it's just not being afraid to ask the stupid questions 
yeah. think in the early days of my career, I was like, I must look like I know everything on Twitter because there's some very smart people on Twitter. Um, and now I know that we're all just making that as we go along. But every so often there's a gem in there and you think, oh, that's useful. I'll take that. Um, so, yeah, I just think, yeah, that's the community feel for me. And, and just feeling like you belong somewhere is yeah. nice. No, thank you. And it's nice. It's always good to to hear that because we're in our eighth year now as Comms Heroes, a community. And, uh, you know, I always said as long as people value what it does and it provides some value, then yeah. it needs to it needs to continue. And uh, we're looking forward to Comms Hero a week later this year, 19th or 23rd of September, to, to have that one week dedicated. Because every Comms person I find is all very, we're all really busy celebrating or having to promote the successes of businesses and teams and uh, send out corporate messages. That's the one week a year we want to ensure that people just take time to, to people in the comms community take the time to celebrate the heroics that they perform every day. And it's really important that that everyone's reminded to do that because um, they need that reminder. <clears throat> Excuse me, they yeah. need that reminder as well, you know, so. Um, so rubbish at doing our own PR. <laughs> well, that is that is very true. That is very true. And that's why that's why the community was set up primarily because uh, I have to say I find that you know comms people that I've worked with that are so busy promoting everyone else that um, that kind of modest element it just kind of becomes an inherent quality. It's not a bad thing, yeah. but people do need to recognise the value of uh, comms and marketing functions within the business. It's not uh, it's, it's an integral part of any business, and and the pandemic's demonstrated that pretty pretty well to be honest with you you know and, and yeah. got 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 comms teams back at the top table so tell us you know you we want we the community is important to us and we want people to connect so how can the listeners connect with you Angara tell us your handles uh yeah so I am on twitter um at welsh underscore pr um I that's probably where you'll find me mostly I'm on LinkedIn um and Harrod Planels. I think I'm the only one on there um and yeah those are probably the best places otherwise I'm typically tweeting from um at Hey Radioactive uh for the agency as well excellent and please do connect with Ang Harrod as well on Twitter and LinkedIn and you'll find this podcast on Spotify Apple and on our website comzero.com you can follow us on Twitter at comzero and myself at Asif Chowdhury if you are listening on Spotify and Apple please leave a rating and review your feedback's always important and this episode is sponsored by Blink the world's first enterprise app designed exclusively for frontline workers. And for more details, you can visit their website, joinblink.com. So, Angharad, all that remains is for me to say thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Lots of good stuff for the listeners to get their teeth into. And uh, uh, we'll speak to you soon, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.